Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Monica Gross, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Asheville, North Carolina. She's been a, a certified teacher for almost 30 years. She has a background in dance, and she has also served on the faculty of the Haynes School of Music at Appalachian State University. Uh, and she also um, does some Alexander Technique teaching using Skype, which is going to be the topic of what, uh, this will be the topic of our program today. Uh, Monica, welcome to the show. Thanks, Robert. It's nice to speak with you. Well, it's good talking to you as well. Um, could you begin by just giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander Technique? Oh, sure. Uh, I do think it's very profound. Um, the Alexander Technique is really a very teachable and practical method to use conscious awareness that you have to improve and maintain and restore as an adult the natural poison freedom that you had as a child and bring that sort of childlike satisfaction more into your daily life. Okay, that's I like that definition. Um, now, typically, um, in the past at least, Alexander, uh, the Alexander has been taught on an in-person sort of basis, a teacher and an, a student or a teacher and a group of students all in the same room. And part of that teaching has involved the teacher using his or her hands to supplement her his or her verbal instructions to help guide uh, students uh, a bit with their hands. Now, obviously, when you're using Skype, that hands-on component is uh, is no longer there. Um, could you say a bit about what how that works out in practice? What's what's lost, and perhaps even more importantly, what's gained by by using a medium like Skype to teach the technique? Well, with the Skype teaching that I've been experimenting with, and I do consider it an experiment, mm -hmm. um, I decided to experiment with it because of the huge growth of technology use over the last 10 years in particular, mm -hmm. particularly with young people. And I was finding that people were spending so much time on Facebook and email and texting and video games that they weren't finding they had enough time to come in and have a lesson. That was the feeling I was getting. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that is correct. I think that they do have time but their perception is that they don't. So I wanted to find a means, in a way, uh, sort of stare the beast in the face, and find a means whereby that I could interact with people in a way that didn't increase their stress management. In other words, that they didn't have to navigate finding the time and making the schedule to come and travel and and that that and get, was one and getting aspect. a babysitter if need be Correct. that kind of stuff yeah uh -huh. exactly mm -hmm. because i think we all know particularly 
since the downturn in the economy here in America, yeah, obviously, um, and even globally, um, people have less financial resources and less time or less perception of both. Mm-hmm. And so the other aspect is, of course, students who are in places where there are no Alexander Technique teachers. Yes. So those were, those were the two reasons I became interested in this. Mm-hmm. I guess a third reason was that people spend so much time in offices in front of computers, more than nine to five now. We know that nobody works nine to five anymore. They're all working, you know, huge times, not only in the office, but at home. They bring the work home. Wouldn't it be interesting to devise an intervention through Alexander Technique via Skype or FaceTime or any other live stream intervention that makes them alert while they're dealing with this device? That's a a fascinating uh, explanation. It's completely different from my own, which was all these people out in the middle of central nebraska and and just in, in and and now all sorts of places where there are no teachers and takes for or take hours to, or half a day yes. to get to a teacher but i had right. never thought of that that other one that you brought up which does make a lot of sense to me that's that's a that's an eye opener for me it's a little bit different way of thinking about yeah. it so rather than saying i'm giving up um the beautiful skill of touch mm-hmm. as teaching. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving that up. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you to a student, you know, why deny yourself that if you can have it? Maybe I can give you a little bit of AT principles via Skype so that if you are within distance to come for a lesson, you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you'll find the time to do it because you've learned inhibition. Right, right. Okay. So, as opposed to them just writing Alexander Technique off. Now, when you are using Skype to work, and as you say, you're you're experimenting, and I think that's the case of pretty much all the Alexander teachers I know who are using Skype right now. We're talking in early 2014. Um, we're all experimenting with it. I've I've changed the way I've been using Skype a lot over the last few months even oh but, I'd, I'd be really interested in yeah I, I mean it's 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 an evolving medium but um what um uh, how, how do you see the loss of hands as it were mm-hmm. um how, how do you see that affecting the teaching process well i think um one of the positives the pros i will say about this sort of teaching is the person who you're, the student has a sense of your presence. They feel a connection to you. They're, they're with you in the same way that if you're talking to your daughter via Skype who's in college, you, you, there's more of a connection than if you're on the phone or if you write a letter perhaps. There's a, a sense of the presence of the person that's in real time, although Skype can, as you know, be notorious for dropping out and delays and things like that. Right, right. But in that, you are still creating a bond with your student of caring and compassion and attention. You're giving your full attention to that student during that time. And that's something that most people don't have access to a lot of the time. And that's one of the reasons they relish an Alexander lesson. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I can't reach through the, the computer and, or the device and touch the person, but I can allow them to begin to understand immediately that what they are learning is something that they already have that they're not aware of or that they've lost an awareness of. It is not something that I'm doing to them or fixing them or adjusting them or manipulating them, which are all things that we don't do as teachers, but which the student has a perception in the early lessons that we are doing. Mm-hmm. I yes. think we'd all agree that that's something we really have to start. That's a big part of the early lessons is to let them know, no, this is just you learning about these these reflexes that you have, the proprioception, the self-perception, the kinesthetic awareness, all of those factors. And, and how you can direct yourself to bring about useful changes. Correct. How on you your can... own without anyone even <laughs> being in the room with you. I mean, when I'm, when I'm teaching that to, to new students, I'll say, well, you notice I just talked you through something. I didn't have my hands anywhere near you, and you made a change. Uh, I guess with Skype, you almost don't have to say that. That's the point. Yeah. I think the beautiful, you don't have to say that. It is um, innate within the pedagogy of what you're doing. And in a way, I have made quicker progress with some of my Skype students Mm -hmm. in that area of losing a dependency Mm-hmm. or perceived dependency on me as the teacher, the sort of magic hands, you know, come and fit, you know, I need your hands, I need this. Um, it's not, you know, keeping the student at arm's length. It's just as warm and connected. It's just saying, encouraging them. I, I have a daughter who's nine. When she was beginning to walk, I encouraged her to walk, but I didn't do it for her and I didn't hold her, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, I'm trying to recreate that process and that enjoyment and that um, self-exploration that you have as a child when you're pre-verbal, learning how to move, learning how to pick something up, learning how to walk, um, where your sense of yourself in space and time Your intention, your desire to go to the mother, for instance, and your success at doing that are all integrated. There's no sense of separation between those things. So for the student via Skype, as they shift and change, as as you said, you talk them through it and you go, yes, yes, that's it. There, Mm -hmm. what did you notice? And they'll say, how did you see that? How did you know? And mm-hmm. we know how we know. We can see it. Mm-hmm. It's visible. Right, right. Um, as it is visible in a, in a lesson when someone's in the room with you. So the, the satisfaction a student has of at the end of these lessons is profound. Yeah, that, that kind of mir- mirrors my, my own experience using Skype. There is something very clean about it. Um, <laughs> Very and because it is absolutely clear what you're doing, you're teaching, and the other thing is that because of that, um, I found that people I work with on Skype are much more likely to continue experimenting on their own between sessions. 
Yes. Much more. They're much. They'll, they'll come back, you know, the next week or the next few days, and they'll say, "Well, I was trying this, trying using those directions in this situation, and I found modifying them in a certain way made them better." You know, they yes, they yes. will experiment. Whereas, most, not all, but most of my in-person students. It takes a while to get them to, to really bridge that. get mm-hmm. that I am not going to fix them. Well, <laughs> this is, you know, I have need, a theory about that. They need to fix that. themselves, yeah. <laughs> I have a theory about that with the Skype. When you're doing, which comes back to one of those first things I said about why I was interested in it. Mm-hmm. When you're giving a Skype lesson, it's usually in the person's home or secondarily, perhaps in their office. In their office, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although occasionally I've done Skype lessons when someone's on a golf course mm-hmm. or, you know, at a track if they have a smartphone. Sure, yeah. I check yeah. in with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So when you're having a lesson in your habitual environment, I think it becomes marked with the experience the perceptual experience of the changes you had during your lesson. So being in your space becomes a kind of mnemonic device that wakes you up again. Oh, when I was in the kitchen and reached up to this cupboard last week, I had this different experience of myself. In the same way that a student, what you were saying, that bridging that gap between the lesson and bringing it into their daily life, You'll come, the student will come back and say, yes, I was getting in and out, in a, out of a chair and I remembered because you had a chair lesson. Yeah. Or they'll say, I was walking you know, down the corridor between the fax room and the coffee room and I remembered because you had a walking lesson. Mm-hmm. In so that same ha- environment. Well, no, I or, meant or... when you have a hands-on lesson where they come to your oh, studio. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the, mm-hmm. the times that they do remember to use the directions and mm-hmm. what they've learned mm-hmm. is usually when it's an activity that you've explored in a oh, lesson. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, absolutely. But absolutely. if you add in the factor of environment mm-hmm. where they're learning and sitting in their office working on their email mm-hmm. as when they had their lesson, they start to associate the experience of a change of use with doing email. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, um, you can even – you can – do things with Skype that would be fairly tricky uh, without it. You could actually, you can actually work with someone as they are processing email. You might say, okay, answer, do a few emails and, and just do them. And then we'll talk about what happened during that. Or, you know, you can, you can play with that with Skype. I've had a great lesson where it was someone in their office and it was a, brief, you know, let's do a 20 minute lesson while you're at mm-hmm. work, you know, mm-hmm. cause that's all you can spare. Right. right. And I said, I'm, okay. I'm not going to let you do your email for two minutes, but you're going to look at it. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> now, what are you observing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. and, you can, and you could even get them to do a little email. Now, you can do that in a hands-on lesson. You but can. when they're in their office, yeah, it, is, really it really imprints. Yeah, yeah. The plasticity of the brain is imprinting the experience within their work environment or within their home environment. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, the other thing I'd like to, I, I want to get to um, potential downsides of this in a moment, but I, 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 
I'd like to add that I began distance learning before Skype. I was doing a bit using the phone, primarily with uh, people who were already coming for the occasional lesson. And I was amazed at how much you could do without the visual, even. Oh, using just telephone. Just using a phone, uh, I would have them have have a a hands-free set and so on. And when, you know, when Skype became, when Skype videos became practical, (laughs) that was like a whole new world for me in terms of of distance teaching. It made it, it just, I just saw nothing but but good in that. (laughs) But but having said all that we've said, um, what... Well, I I guess I would phrase the question, who do you think, in terms of students, it might not be a good idea to use Skype for? You know, I might have some reservations for someone who has a a really bad injury, you know, because I'd want to be there, Mm -hmm. um, I -hmm. think, should they really need hands-on support. Um, That doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to help someone in and I but I would really have to define what we were going to be doing in the lesson Mm -hmm. both so that they wouldn't be um worried and Mm -hmm. anxious Mm -hmm. and um obviously so that the expectation would be simple and straightforward pretty much maybe working with inhibition or teaching them how to do some lying down or maybe helping them change positions with more ease Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you kind of don't want to be in the position where somebody is going to really have a hard time and you're not there to be with them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think that would be um, one very serious consideration. Mm-hmm. And any others? Um, I think someone who might have, you know, obviously some some learning disabilities or hyperactivity or things like that. As an adult, um, mm-hmm. they might really need you in the room so they could stay with the, you know, that they that you really keep them, use everything you have. Because sometimes you have to use every skill you have to keep that person um, uh, directing and moving and, and flowing. Um, and obviously with children, you'd probably, you'd want another, if you're going to do Skype, you'd want to have a parent there as well. Um, because first of all, any teaching that I do with children, I, I really like to work with the parents as well, because it, the children tend to be very close to good use already, if not perfect use. And the parent needs to understand how to preserve that for them. Um, so those are some of the areas. I think having a parent is in the room is, is really important. And also because a lot of times it's the parent's own misuse pattern that you're dealing with with the kid ultimately. That's basically all you're dealing with, <laughs> yeah. I think, Robert. Aren't right, yeah. yeah. So the, fam- the idea of the family workshops that I'm developing, which is a different discussion, but right. um, it, it, it's imperative that teachers and parents are in the room as ostensibly the child is getting the lesson, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what they're perceiving is happening, but really they're getting the lessons so exactly. that they can preserve the child's use. Exactly. And I think uh, a category of, of, that I would, I haven't, hasn't come up yet, but someone who's recently suffered a really serious injury and is in such shock and trauma that they can't 
they're not really able to mobilize yeah. their thinking all that much. And since that's going to be a important part of a Skype lesson, uh, I I would be, be hesitant, hesitant very, yeah, yeah. very hesitant to. Also, someone who may have had a, a serious trauma, uh, an accident or a um, sexual abuse or anything like that, that might really need you there. Now, I think people, if it's been a, a long time since that trauma, I'm I'm comfortable with working with someone because even if they do have tears and emotion, you can be there with them during that. Um, if it's something very new that has never come to them before, it might be something you'd want to be a hands-on lesson. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think these are, I think these are kind of no brainers. I think this is what any thinking teacher would, would assess before setting up um, right. a Skype session. Absolutely. And, and, you know, j- just uh, almost an aside, there are some students who are, um, for whom touch yes, is I was very mm-hmm. iffy. I yeah. mean, who um, any kind of touch. And Skype, of course, takes care of that very nicely. Very neatly. Um, <laughs> I have students exactly like that. And so. that's. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the, the pros of Skype is that there are some, particularly some young people who do not want to be touched and or find it very difficult and that is a perfect kind of playful lesson that you can have via Skype where they're not that's not a concern for them or a yeah, worry exactly they're sort of autodidactic that way now we we've planned uh, at least one or two other um interviews about Skype at, uh, covering some different aspects of it but i'm thinking that maybe for this initial one unless you have something you'd like to add, this might be a good place to bring it to an end? Or unless, is there something you especially want to say that we haven't covered on this topic? Well, I think my takeaway, because I always ask my students, what's your takeaway from this lesson? I think my takeaway from our conversation is that um, this is a place of experimentation. Um, I think if FM was alive now... I was just going to say, he'd be, <laughs> he would be on Skype. He'd be so into this. <laughs> oh, I know he'd be on Skype. I know that, for example, he actually... His Google ads would be everywhere. <laughs> he'd be on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, FM actually did try to help people with letters, cor- with mail correspondence. Of course, of course. And you're you're going to try to teach through any available exactly. means. We need to be flexible teachers. We need to be able, we need to understand what the AT principles are, and we need to be able to teach them through a broad spectrum of media and, meth- and pedagogy. I could not agree more. Let's, let's so I say- encourage everyone <laughs> to experiment. You might want to start with students you're already working on with hands-on mm-hmm. lessons. Mm-hmm. You might want to experiment with family or friends, but experiment. And as opposed to saying that it's not possible or it loses what is the essence of Alexander Technique, I think the essence of Alexander Technique is very deep and um, mm-hmm. is more important now than ever mm-hmm. with the dangers of losing our sense of, of space, uh, spatial and temporal sensibilities due to the two-dimensional nature of technology. We don't want to be left out of that conversation. I think that is the perfect place to end our conversation. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My guest has been Monica Gross, an Alexander Technique teacher in Asheville, North Carolina. If and I should say you, I also teach in New York. I go back and forth. Being. And New York City. So if you are 
in either of those general areas, give her give her a call. We'll put a link to her website by the interview. If you're anywhere else in the world and there's no teacher available in your area, she she uses Skype, and you can contact her through her website and I assume set up an introductory Skype session with her. That's right, and the website is Form Fitness Function. One word: formfitnessfunction.com. Yep, and we'll put we'll put a, I'll put a link to that by the interview also. So, Monica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Robert. This was great fun. I look forward to more conversations.